When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Coins and Connections podcast, where we explore all things books, business, and bullshit. My favorite bees. I'm your host, the fairy coin mother, Cinquanta Cox-Smith of www.cinquantacoxsmith.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Coins and Connections podcast, season seven, episode eight. We are almost to the end of our beloved season seven. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again with me on this lovely Friday morning or whenever you are listening. I know I've been acting up a little bit the past couple of episodes, but I think it's just because I'm super excited about this accomplishment. I'm excited about the holidays coming and I am just showing my behind like I'm really showing my behind and I think I'm excited because there's more people who are listening but if you've started from the beginning you know my personality is corny sarcasm is in there somewhere it makes me laugh it might make you laugh it might make you smile I strive on being encouraging inspirational and funny comical you know I try my best to make these like a conversation between us saying that you're having your notepad you're taking notes and you're learning something but I want you to be able to take away something from every single one of these episodes today I decided that I would go ahead and do a update from I quit my job life after my nine-to-five originally I had another episode planned but after getting a comment on one of my quit videos that I recorded I think over four years ago something like that I'll get into specs when we get into the conversation I felt that I don't think I really ever talked about the journey here on the podcast. In the description box, I will leave all three of the videos, what led up to me quitting my full-time job. And I'll also leave the blog post that I wrote that kind of explained my position, the money or the income I had saved that led up to me quitting my job, the whole process. But I want to have this documented because this is not the final story, but it is an update because I wanted you guys to get the real raw um, footage of what has happened after I quit my job, what's been going on with me, the highs, the lows, the good things, all of that mixed in between. And why not go out with a video and the audio for this to be available, not only on the podcast, but on YouTube. And I hope that this helps someone. I know a lot of times people don't truly discuss entrepreneurship and how hard it can be but I want to be realistic with you guys and I want you to be prepared and to understand that we all fall short and we all have failures we make mistakes we have to go back to a job we have to gain extra income we lose some it's just so much in this aspect of being out on your own and running a full-fledged small business 
that I want to make sure that you guys know and, it, and it's realistic for you. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything about six figures in 10 days or anything like that. I'm going to tell you my real deal, holy feel, struggles and my experience, but you guys know what time it is. It's time for our rapid fire questions of the day. The first rapid fire question of the day is, if you had all the money in the world, what would be the first thing you'd buy? I don't think it would be necessarily what I would buy, but what I would do would probably be pay off debt. And then the second thing would probably be to buy a house. Yeah, I know everyone's like, oh, a house is not an investment. Or I would buy a house and it probably would be me buying a house that I built, I designed just just for me. I love being at home. I would probably build a home that I don't have to leave. Our second rapid fire question of the day is, do you feel like the good time outweighed the bad? And my short and simple answer is absolutely. I can look back at the bad moments and without a doubt, the good always outweighs the bad. Let's start at the beginning. The three videos that you guys will get to watch in the description box is on my YouTube channel. It's me documenting up until my quit day from the time I turned in my resignation up until talking to some of my coworkers, kind of expressing my feelings, talking about some of the things I had done to lead up to me quitting, how the decision came about. And then also I did record my final moments on my last day at work. So my last full-time job for people who do not know me or do not know my story, I worked at an elementary school in Fort Riley, Kansas as a paraprofessional. What that is, is basically a teacher's aide who help some of the kids who are possibly on IEP plans at school and they just need additional love, care, and hand-holding to get to their work. So most of the times the teacher would have us pull out students to help them work on their work. It's a little bit more hands-on and just provide extra support in the classroom for the kids who may fall behind or fall short of what they really need to do. I turned in my resignation in February of 2017 and as you will see in the video, I felt like it was expected. I was working there for two years and I was really starting to feel depressed. I didn't want to go to my job. Between then, I had already started my business, Coins and Connections, and I just, I was listening to inspiring content on Periscope and YouTube and I was really hating to go to the job. I stopped doing my hair. I stopped caring what I was wearing and i just needed peace i needed some type of peace i didn't want to go to a job that i hated anymore and i felt like i could prove to myself that i could do it on my own like there was numerous conversations with my husband we talked about this it wasn't like an up and quit situation i had it planned probably the year before i had a date i think i said like march 2017 but i never had a date and then i finally had my date which was March 28th, 2017. So four and a half years ago, I quit my full-time job. And of course that was with benefits. So the full-time 40 hours a week plus holidays, pay, OT, sick days, leave, all of that. And I have been gone from a full-time job for four and a half years. During the time after I quit my job, within a few months time span, 
I found out that I was a pre-diabetic. I also found out that some of the issues that I have been facing, sleeping, not sleeping enough, just irritable, were I was finally diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Now note that I feel like I had been dealing with this for years but I never could put a name to it. When I did go to the doctor, I did the questionnaire. I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Around this time, my husband was still deployed. And when he came back, he was kind of by my side to go to my doctor's appointment with me. I was put on medication. Now the first medication that I was put on, I cannot remember the name of it, but it caused muscle tightening. It caused me severe pain. It would hurt to get up out the bed. I would have to like roll across the floor to sit down. It was like this really static nerve pain, which was one of the side effects, which was muscle tightening. And it really caused me so much pain and agony that I could barely do anything or, you know, kind of live life the way I, I needed to. I switched my um, medication to Zoloft and I've been on Zoloft for years now. I, I am going to continue to go through the timeline of events, but getting into early fall by, let's say maybe October, my husband came back in the summer he found out he was selected for drill sergeant school. He went to drill sergeant school, came back, and we found out that we were moving to Fort Lee, Virginia. By fall of 2017, we know that we would be moving. We started, you know, preparing and getting our things packed up. And by December 2017, we left Fort Riley, Kansas and traveled to South Carolina. We moved into our house in Virginia in January of 2018. This move was pretty much big for me because I enjoyed Kansas. I loved it. I loved the area. I loved the friends that I had made there. Everything was, you know, going, going good. I had a life. I was excited about so many different things. But, you know, when you up and move, for the kids, it's a lot. They had to move in the middle of the school year. For me, it's a lot. I had to get acclimated to the area. I had to find new friends, find my tribe, and it just so much weighed on me. So that didn't make my anxiety or my depression better. I think it made it even worse. And what made it worse than that was I wasn't generating the type of income that I felt I could sustain. I was, I ran through my savings. Um, I didn't have great income coming in. All of these things were weighing on me very heavy. Now we are into early 2018. I'm struggling. I'm broke. My bank account's negative. I can't dig myself out of the holes. I'm trying everything. I'm writing short stories, trying to, you know, just be available and, and do things. I'm searching every day, find something that can help my lifestyle to be able to help my family. And around... April, May of 2018, I discovered blank journals, the low content journals. And I started, you know, doing this every day from my bed. I started creating journals. I started doing the research and things like that. And it was a struggle for the first month or so, but I did not give up. I continued to research until I found a niche that didn't have a lot of books, but had opportunity for me to grow in. I started to publish in that. By then I started like writing out a list. I was publishing 25 journals a day. Now it still took me time <laughs> to make the money because on Amazon KDP, you get paid 60 days later. Maybe the first month I made about $20 and then the second month it was like 50. 
then I made about a hundred dollars and then it was like 500 but by then I would it would be three months before I even got that $500 somewhere in July of 2018 I got a part-time job and I worked at MEPS as a shuttle driver taking the soldiers from MEPS to the airport so they could depart the Army, Navy, Marine, things like that. That was a pretty decent part-time job. I don't know, I was making somewhere between 10 and $15 an hour, um, about 20 hours or so a week. Not bad. My income, pretty good, not too bad. Maybe four to five, $600 every, was I getting paid every two weeks? Somewhere in between then. And I had went on to work for this company from July of 2018 to September 2019. Now in between that, here's where the things got really good. While I was working my butt off on this part-time job, I was using that income to continue to build my business. By the time I did start the part-time job, I was making about $500. I was using the income that I made to supplement my journal business, software I needed. When I wasn't driving, I would get off every day, probably by two, three o'clock. And I didn't have to go to work sometimes until 10. It was really good. I did get a few like other appointments where I could do like medical appointments, like seven o'clock in the morning. And I would be able to do that as well. Around October of 2018, I decided that I wanted to share this easy money starter pack that I had learned. I've been working on this for months now. I'm about making $1,000 with the journals. I decided I wanted to teach it. I created a free course. I built the engagement and the excitement on Facebook. I built the course. It was free. I was giving it away. I had people joining my Facebook group. The Facebook group was jumping. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, I made my first journal. People started making money and it was flourishing. It was doing really good. And by that time, I definitely was probably making more than a thousand dollars a month at that point. I, I ended up doing like group uh, Facebook challenges. I was doing one-on-one. I was charging anywhere between 25 to $97 for 30 minutes to an hour. I started creating more content in the Facebook group, going live answering questions, putting information inside the Facebook group so people could understand, they could ask me questions, they had me. I don't know when the time changed, but I changed it and then I ended up charging for the course. I was like, oh, this is too good. I'm adding so much content to this course. It ended up being like two hours worth of content that I added and it was good because it was in the beta process when it was free. And then I started charging for it because by then I had added so much worth to it that I needed to get recoup my costs <laughs> for making that and I think with that it helped me to buy software because I didn't have a software where I could record for a long time it was like five minute videos so I did in increase with the software to make better videos by the end of 2018 I had got back on YouTube and I was creating courses and videos again about the some of the websites i started the how to start a business series on youtube and then i did ways to sell in 2019 those were very popular that kind of increased my visibility back on youtube because i used to vlog and that's pretty much what i used to do on youtube like i said in september of 2019 the following year i did quit my job but also by the end of 2019 i had had my first 10k month in journal sales and that christmas was a good year for 2018 christmas was awesome that summer of 2019 was amazing i took me and my husband to new orleans with the income that i made for journals it was no scratch we bought whatever we want 
We had really good plane tickets. We stayed in a really nice hotel and we did Essence Fest in 2019. Also in 2019, it allowed us to go to New York for a weekend. We went to Pennsylvania. We had went to Atlanta. We went to quite a few places in 2019. And I'm really glad that we were able to do that because of course the pandemic hit in 2020. Before the pandemic hit in 2019, I did develop a print on demand Etsy shop. So that with the success of my journals on Amazon KDP and on merch, because I started uploading on merch a little bit more as well, I figured that my brand could do well on Etsy. I moved to Etsy in 2019, but I was still on like Shopify and, and different things like that as well. 2020 came. <laughs> I'm giving y'all like four years of entrepreneurship blues. 2020 came, it was a lot of ups and downs, income inconsistent. I quit uploading videos. I canceled Facebook groups. I stopped going live. I stopped doing coaching. It was so many emotions. I started selling masks. I started selling elastic. I was booming on Etsy with the elastic. I was making mad money selling masks. I was able to pivot. I was also able to pivot and sell out a lot of the inventory that I had. I did like a $9.99 Black Friday sale. And in either 2019 or 2020, like I was just getting the inventory out. I was selling the Protect Black Women and Protect Black Men shirt. I was selling Silence's Consent shirts. Shipping, shipping, shipping these things out. I did have really good growth between March and July. The end of 2020 came and yet again, another move, we moved to Texas. So left all my friends, left my new tribe that I had, had to figure out all this business stuff, how to close this company here, how to open a foreign LLC here. I was, I think I was doing payroll around that time. I had my cell phone payroll, had a business bank account. It was just, I had set myself up in Virginia and then I had to pick it all up within what eight two and a half years and moved to a brand new state and learned so many things all over by uh the end of september of 2020 and going into 2021 merch became my top income source by then kdp had slowed down a lot because i had a lot of copycats on a lot of my journals and i wasn't really uploading i had got comfortable and i sized back on creating new stuff and uploading but i was focusing on merch and I was focusing on my Etsy stores because they were doing well for me. By the summer of 2020 though, I did get remonetized on YouTube. I think around July, I got remonetized on YouTube and that was for me being consistent with how to start a print on demand business series and then the videos and the content that I was providing, teaching and things about the journals. As we move into 2021, my pre-diabetes just does not want to go away. I'm currently on metformin. I'm still suffering with anxiety and depression. I've added Wellbutrin to my medication list. I do have my down days. I do have seasonal depression. I do have a great therapist now. I'm super excited about that as we move through this year. But with every high, there is a low. And of course, I'm going to share my low with you guys. Here's my, here's my notes. My merch was flourishing, my KDP lag, my Etsy grew. And around August 2021, which we've already talked about, my merch account was terminated. That in turn was a major income source that put me back to the stress level of, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? 
that is pretty much what entrepreneurship in a nutshell maybe in 10-15 minutes has been like for the past four and a half years i don't want to discourage you but i want you to know that it gets real in here it gets tough the money is inconsistent everyone wants to sell something but not wants to be the seller or market their product i am guilty of this you can get burnout you can be emotionally invested in the people who you work with and you want to see them win that you put your business to the side you have these pockets of i don't have any type of creativity i have been struggling to write and that was one of the main reasons i quit my job was to write but in between then yeah i've only had one other job and it was a part-time job that was super flexible i was still able to be a full-time entrepreneur with that part-time job but it just got to the point where i was like why am i dealing with petty grown-ups when i could be working for myself i know i can do this and sometimes you just need that but if you have to go back to a full-time job if you have to work from home if you have to go get a part-time job there is nothing wrong with that you did not fail you are not a failure honestly that part-time job helped me there's a lot of full-time entrepreneurs who still have a full-time job whose businesses are flourishing and they're still sticking it out at their full-time job because that stability is there there is a rule of thumb that you need to have at least i would say six consistent months and even in the slower months the slower period of times is first quarter in the summer if you can have consistent sales during those months in your business I feel that you can be able to sustain your growth if you put your full-time effort into it. But it just depends on your business, how you have set yourself up. Are you hiring out help? Are you having help? Are you having professional help? How you kept your documents? Is your business in order? These are so many different things that will help you know that you're ready. And there's nothing to tell you that you're more ready than knowing that you can run a payroll every single month because payroll is not cheap accounting is not cheap if you can do that and put yourself on payroll or get trademark or have all these things there is light at the end of the tunnel for you because if you don't have these things i'm telling you you'll cause yourself more worry than like relaxation that is my up and down update of i quit my job life after my nine to five my in-depth look into the past four and a half years of my entrepreneurship journey this segment is called q money bags thought of the week for our q money bags thought of the week i want to quickly talk about gentle parenting i am not going to sit long on this at all but I just want to know if there's anybody else out there who was struggling with their teenagers. Let's get a teenage support group because, girl, <laughs> these are some different type of kids than what we were. And I do understand that social media, technology, and all of the shiny things have a lot to do with it because these are things that we did not have we didn't have a cell phone that would give us information at the blink of the nine. We had the flip phone. We did not have TV telling all the business all day. We had to read magazines. We had to use a house phone to call somebody. And if they weren't home, we just had to wait till they got back to see if we could go over. 
it was just so much more that we had to go through to get what we want but our kids are in a microwave popcorn society where if they want to know when the newest Jordans come out all they have to do is ask Siri on their phone it's just so many things that have um, change and I am trying my hand at gentle parenting if you guys have any books or any articles you want to send my way I'm trying to talk through things I'm trying not to be angry I'm trying to let my kids show emotion let them know that it is okay to cry let me know what is your journey like with the gentle parenting I'm gonna say a negative 20 <laughs> um, I have been successful with being able to let my kids express their feelings and we talk through things. I don't think I've been that successful when it comes to like discipline because I don't want to discipline my kids the way I was disciplined. That is a ongoing conversation in my house and just how we deal with things. First of all, my goal is just to raise great human beings and that's first and foremost. If I can do that, I think I'm doing well. And besides, my kids are 15 and 12 and they've never had a cavity. So I can't be too bad at this parenting thing. But send help i'm waving the red flag if you have any tips for parents who are parenting teenagers they are really going through all of their emotions right now hormones high school middle school drama girlfriend boyfriend type things we're actively talking about body changes sex because it's everywhere don't tell me don't tell my kids about sex because if i don't tell them about sex youtube gonna tell them about sex twitter gonna tell them about sex Facebook, Instagram, won't tell them about sex. It's everywhere. I can't watch a show nowadays without sex being in the first five minutes. So you cannot say, don't talk, it's too early. Talk to your kids about sex. Talk to your kids about their body parts, the practical name. You don't want to be telling them you got a little dangling. It's a penis, okay? It's penis, all right? We don't want to say we got a whippersnapper. It's a vagina. Boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> that's my tip anyone raising younger kids let your kids know the practical names of their body parts get books that help you explain this it just makes life so much easier to have the conversation and then also let your kids know that you're there to tell them the real deal holy feel because they don't want to get it from their little friends their friends are dumb they're all dumb at this age you got the real answers. You've been through life. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode with my update of my quitting and this gentle parenting Q Money Bag Stop of the Week. And until next time. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing to the Coins and Connections podcast. Don't forget to leave a review and join the conversation over on Facebook and Instagram using the hashtag Coins and Connections. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Cinquanta Cox Smith and at Coins and Connections. You can shop all merch at www.coinsandconnections.com. I love you more than I love this podcast. Peace.